This podcast acknowledges the traditional owners and custodians of the land on which we record, the Rwandri Woiwurrung people. We also acknowledge the neighbouring Kulin Nation groups, the Bunwurrung and Bunurong people, and pay our respects to their elders past and present. We also extend that respect to any other Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander communities who may be listening today. Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Glitter and Gold, the original Steps podcast. The first podcast dedicated to discussing and dissecting the legacy of Steps, the UK's biggest mixed gender pop group of all time. I am your co-host Scott and I am joined by my two Steptacular co-hosts. One touch and he will tell you what the future holds. It's Brad <laughs> and he is about to head to Europe for his summer of love and get that September sun. It's oh, Shane. Hello, job. boys. <laughs> oh, that's a good I one. think that's I like my best it. one yet. Love that. <laughs> Hello, how are you? What's going on? I'm very well, nice thank to you. to see you both. Always, always a pleasure to see your two faces. Oh, it should be. Scott, your moustache is looking lovely and thick. <laughs> I was waiting for your compliment on that, actually, Brad. Uh, mm. It took you uh, I already complimented him when he jumped on before. I was like, um, when he jumped on before and that moustache, I was like, oh, hello. There's that moustache. Hello. I was like, whoa. Hello, Zaddy. <laughs> I'm just, uh, oh my goodness me. Um, I'm just trying to, you know, I'm getting inspiration. I, you know, I recently watched I Kissed a Boy. I'm just getting inspo from, you know, Ollie and Dan. Yep. Still mm-hmm. together. Yeah. We love so that. They are still together. They are. Yes. Yes. Was surprised that some of the others weren't actually. There was one other couple who, I can't remember what their names were, but there was another couple that seemed to be, like they were going to go all the way and then they didn't become the reunion. I'm so behind on that. It's I'm literally great. two episodes in. I know, I know. Everyone keeps saying it's good. Yeah, it's good. Sorry, Danny, if you're listening, I'm behind. I know I told you that I would watch it more, but I've been so busy <laughs> since I saw you. I'm, yeah. Well, you can, Shane, download it and you can watch it on the plane when you head off to Europe for your summer yeah, of love. Yeah, that's a great idea. In a few weeks' time. Not long to go. I know. After I know. you have downloaded and watched Totally Boy Band. 20, I know, I need to do that too. My God, I'm so behind. Um, it's 20 days today. Today's the 2nd of August that we're recording and I leave on the 22nd. So Very exciting. exciting. Look out, Claire Richards. I'll see you at Via on, uh, in Canal Street. Love that. Coming to you soon. Well, tour. <laughs> She's going on tour. And you're also maybe seeing Faye as well in um, yeah, 42nd I am. Street? Yeah, I am going to go see Faye. I'm just waiting on my friends to confirm if they're going to come with me or Go not. on your own, doll. If they don't come, it's totally worth it. Yeah. I will be going on my... I might do a cheeky Wednesday matinee. Like a, oh, I love that. Because it's just easier. You like know? an old lady. Like an old lady <laughs> that I am. Correct. Like an old lady. I would do that. <laughs> like a gentleman of leisure on a lovely holiday. Thank you, Bradley. Scott, back to you. Back to me. <laughs> Being a well, bitch. Uh, <laughs> Well, I was gonna no. Well, I was gonna hand it back to Brad. I've got a big announcement. Tell us what your biggest annou- a big announcement is. So, guys, I'm going to be presenting at a massive media conference about the lessons we can learn from Ginger Spice leaving the Spice Girls. <laughs> I love that. 
I think it's two and a half thousand people going to be there. That's much better than the Steps news, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, definitely. So listeners, get your tickets. MFAX, the 5th of September. And I think it's at the Melbourne Convention and Exhibition Centre. Or just watch it on YouTube because tickets are 500 bucks. <laughs> I was going to say, can we? Is there, is there a live stream broadcast that we can watch? Or? Not going to be a live stream, but there will be, you know, a YouTube video afterwards. Says I've made a whole deck. There's going to be, you know, is it gifts or memes? I think it's gifts. I put in gifts. I put in, you know, lots yeah. of Spice yeah. Girls puns. And hopefully, yeah. if it's good, we'll be sharing it on on our YouTube and our socials. How long are you? presenting for it's only four and a half minutes that'll feel like four hours i am curious though brad why you're doing it on ginger spice and not steps because the straights oh that's an obvious yeah answer. the straights of melbourne mm. don't admire steps as much as we do unfortunately and our listeners all righty brad i feel like at the moment we blink and 99 new things have happened in the steps world so would you like to give us the 411 on what is happening so starting off with queen of the huns lisa scott lee she performed at bristol pride main stage on the 8th of july she was meant to do northern pride but unfortunately there was bad weather on the day so it was cancelled um she's been stunning it up in mallorca shane i don't know if you're going to mallorca but it looks stunning Nah. Oh. I'm going to Ibiza, but maybe I'll dance next to her at the Glitterbox when I'm there. So. You better. Her next her next gig is the Manchester Pride on the 27th of August, but more importantly, Never or Now is coming out in just a couple of weeks by the time you listen to this, the 18th of August. If you haven't already, you can pre-order it via Plastic Pop Records. I'm so excited to get my copy, Shane. That's one of your missions when you're in the UK. <gasps> you're going to get a, your yes. copies for us. Hard copies. Yes, I will be bringing the releases of Lisa's album, Never or Now. Never. <laughs> the Now or Never Unleashed. <laughs> now or Never. Home with me when I come back from holidays. So that's exciting. Do you know, speaking of that, um, Brad, Shane and I, um, the other week, we met up in Collingwood and there was posters in the, around Collingwood um, promoting something called Now or Never. <laughs> I, th- I think it's someone's album and I, it was just oh. everywhere. And every time now I see it, if I'm walking around, I just think of this instantly. <laughs> oh, God, I love it. I created an iconic moment. There you go. <laughs> okay, moving on to Lee. He filmed Pointless with Claire a couple of months back, but the big news that I'm most excited about is that thanks to World of S Club, the YouTube channel... His 2006 MTV reality show, Totally Boy Band, is now all online. And I know for Scott and I, it has been an education. Yeah, I um, watched it. We need to do an episode. (laughs) We definitely need to do an episode on it because there's a lot to, like, unpack. And I definitely, five minutes into the first episode, my initial thoughts were, why the hell did he even do this show? Because it's so not Lee at all. And... Yeah, I if you haven't watched it, go and like make it a priority. I ended up watching the whole thing because I got quite into it. So I, I just watched the whole season after, spoiler alert, Lee is only in it for the first four episodes. Uh, but we definitely need to unpack it in a future episode. 100%. It's going on the list. So I'll go on to the lovely Faye. She also had a little trip to Mallorca. She enjoyed a pre-tour yoga retreat there. 
Um, she rec- she was also recently on Menopause Un- the Unplugged podcast, with uh, which we highly recommend you take a listen to. And she's currently touring 42nd Street the Musical, playing Maggie Jones until the end of October, all over the UK, where tickets are available at 42ndStreetTour.com. Hardest working woman in showbiz, I say. She is quite busy. She is quite busy. I'll see you soon, Faye. Can't wait. Just side note to that, I'm super excited when I found out she was in Dartford and it's like only a 50-minute train ride away. I was like, oh, fucking hell, yes, this is what I'm doing. Because every other time I've gone and she's like been in Jamie or or she's been in a show, I've not been there and vice versa. So I'm just happy about that. And it'll be good to see her in a different environment because, you know, you've always seen her in yeah. like steps. So it'll be nice to see her in a completely different scenario to what we're used exactly. to. Exactly. And I was actually chatting with David from Chicago. Hello to you again, David. I know you love a shout out. Um, he's going to be in the UK around the same time that I am. We're going to see Sugar Babes together. And he's also seeing Faye, but he's going the day after Sugar Babes, which is the day I fly home to Australia. So we couldn't make it, make it work that we go and see, them, see the show together. I forgot you're going to Sugar Babes. I'm so jealous. Yeah, I know. You should be. I know. That's the next podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of 42nd Street, recently the cast appeared on This Morning um, and uh, had a gorgeous chat with Faye and Samantha Womack as well. Faye has also been announced uh, to be playing the Magical Mermaid in Peter Pan at the Bristol Hippodrome Theatre from December 2nd till December 31st. Um, tickets are on sale now. The UK, they love a panto. Froth. They froth over them. Froth. So what's H, what's, what's H frothing over, Scott? Alrighty, so H, well... <laughs> <laughs> that mo. He's frothing over that mo of yours. I can tell you that right now. Oh my goodness <laughs> me. Sliding to your DMs. Um, hi, H. So H, he recently just had his first ever solo exhibition um, at the Adamo Gallery in Wales, and it was an incredible success. He actually sold over 30 artworks, um, and he's going to contribute towards three more exhibitions over the next 12 months, I believe. So just a big, big well done to H, because he's really... That's amazing. Out of He's really just taken this on board and just run with it, and he's finally you know, rediscovering the passions that he had that he was, you know, he's never been able to do over the last sort of 25 years because steps have been such a priority that he's really just refocusing all his energy into his art and he's just doing so, so amazing. So we are so proud of him. And yeah, we, you know, hopefully one day I would love one of his art pieces, you know. Same. Um, Maybe you could pick me one up when you're in the UK. Oh, okay. I'm not just like traveling Australia post, all right? <laughs> Jesus. Save on the shipping. <laughs> Got a cool few thousand pounds. If you buy it, I'll pick it up for you. But Just the present, Shane. Just a little present. I picked you up the Girls Aloud vinyl. You know, you can't just pick me up a little artwork. Also, as always, H continues to host Friday Night Show on BBC Wales. Now we move on to the woman of the moment, Claire Richards. She is just everywhere at the moment. Of course, it is August, which means it is Euphoria Month. And we are so excited because also this is the first time that we've having this podcast that we have a major album release going on as well. So we are so excited for everything that's to come with the album. So she's been on a massive promo blitz over the last couple of weeks. She appeared on Steph's Pack Lunch and The One Show, both of which you can catch on YouTube. 
And on the one show, she premiered a little snippet of one of the tracks on the album, Goodbye to Love. So if you haven't heard that, that is also on YouTube and you can hear the snippet. It sounds amazing. We cannot wait to hear it in full. August gigs, booked and busy. As always, we've got Pop World Festival Leeds on the 5th of August. Margate Pride on the 12th. And via Canal Street at Manchester on the 23rd featuring Shane. See you there. (laughs) (laughs) So do not forget... Also, if you haven't, pre-order Euphoria. It is out on the 25th of August. And if you are in the UK, you can meet Claire at one of a, uh, a couple of HMV installs that she's doing on release week. She's going to be at Westfield, London on the 25th of August at 1pm. Birmingham HMV on the 29th at 1pm. Liverpool on the 30th at 3pm. And Brighton on the 31st at 1pm. So if you head to hmv.co.uk or .com, I'm sure it'll, you'll find it. Google it. All the details are on there to get. make sure you get a wristband because there is limited spots available. Um, and speaking of Euphoria as well, just wanted to give a little shout out to Claire Richards Central. They will be hosting a Euphoria listening party over release weekend over on the station head app so at the moment still planning the ins and outs of what it's going to be but keep an eye out on the claire richard socials and i'm sure we'll repost and let you all know as well but want to make sure that you know we release weekend we can get the streams up there and we can have a little bit of fun Mm. as a community so keep an eye out on the socials for that absolutely can i just interject with euphoria as well we've just had summer night city drop right which which yep. we need to talk about. And also, Claire's dropped a little video teaser of her in her Dom era <laughs> with that lovely leather outfit. Dom top era, Claire Richard. I'm loving it. I just, like, we need to talk about that for a second. Yes. Yep. So, yeah, Summer Night City's just dropped. So, stream that away as well as I Surrender um, or download them from iTunes, whatever you like to do. Loving Summer Night City at the moment. I, yeah, I mean, great. anything ABBA. I think Shane, you and I in particular, we love a bit of ABBA. Yeah, that's you, your vibes. Yeah, that's our vibe. We're a bit older than Brad. <laughs> How dare you? I'm still a twink. I mean, you're older. <laughs> you're, a, you're a twunk, Bradley. No offence. So, yeah, loving, loving Summer Night City. Obviously with Andy Bell from Eurasia, who are known for doing a lot of ABBA covers in the past. Um... But yeah, loving Summer Night City. What are your thoughts on it? I think it's great. I loving the switch up of it. Um, I saw someone put on the socials the other day. They got the images of Abba singing it, but the the voice and the sound was Claire and, and Andy, which I really liked. Um, you know, it's great. You can't go wrong with that city. It's really, really good. Uh, <laughs> you can't go wrong with that song. It's uh, really, really good. So yeah, very happy for that. And also, like I said, with that little visual she's just dropped in the last twenty four hours. That pleather dom top vibe. Now that I'm here for, I'm not so sure about the song, but for me that um, that look was making was making me feel things. Oh wow! Ooh. Okay, do we need to? That's his big announcement on the podcast, yeah. people. <laughs> Brad's bisexual. <laughs> do we need to deep dive into that further, Bradley? <laughs> That's another episode. Future episode. That's for your therapist. That's a bonus edition. <laughs> And you know what? I don't think there's a video for Summer Night City. I don't know if it's a proper single. It kind of feels like I Surrender is still the big single at the moment. Yeah. And Summer Night is a bit of an instant grad track. But I am all for not having a video for this if it means we do get a video 
for a potential Claire and Delta single release. I'm, I'm just really hoping that that has its moment. I can't wait to hear it. And I just, you know, also, I think Brad, you mentioned it, that the weekend of release week, Claire has like a gap in her schedule, the same date that Delta is playing in London. Just saying, putting it out there, maybe we might get something. She has a gap between the 25th and the 29th, right? Claire's not doing anything. Claire's not. No, Claire's not doing anything. And Delta's performing at Shepherd's Bush, so and she does Birmingham before she does London. So Delta, because I might be going to see her in Birmingham for one night only. One night only. I think there is a potential cross promo happening here um, because Delta's about to drop her new single this week as well. Oh God, I'm so excited for that. Oh my god, I can't wait. There will be a bit of potential cross-promo here. Well, we are manifesting as we Scott do. Scott is frothing. Like, oh, my God. I mean, I'm so excited for the new Delta song. I've, I've heard it already. She performed it um, at a festival a few weeks ago, and I've been listening to that live recording nonstop. I can't wait for it. Um, so, I mean, yeah, just love Delta as well, as you know. Listeners, his moustache hair is curling over and quivering in excitement. <laughs> Back to Claire. We're still on Claire. <laughs> We're still on Claire Dolph. She's, she's booked and busy. I mean, we're only halfway through. She's, she's doming us this month. She's doming us this dominating month. Dominating us this mm. month. Also, it's her birthday this month. Oh, my God. As well. Oh, wow. It, it is. August is Claire Richards <gasps> month. How did we not it's remember that? It's 17th of August. Yes. It's the 17th of August is her birthday. Oh, my God. How could we... I said it like seven episodes ago. <laughs> I know. I know. How could we not... This literally is Claire Richards month. Yes. No. Literally. Mm. Oh, my goodness me. Well... Speaking of Claire, as we still are, for the, have been for half an hour, um, she's also continuing to do the, the quiz, quiz show rounds, game show rounds. She loves a game show. She recently filmed The Weakest Link with H, and she also recently filmed Pointless with Lee. And Cooking with the Stars, we loved her in it, but unfortunately she was eliminated at the end of episode four, but she did... Such an amazing job, and I do feel that had she cooked pasta a la Clara, that would have got her to the grand final. Oh, you but... stole my thoughts. The episode she got out on was classic uh, English dishes, and that should have been in there. Yeah, because that is a that <laughs> is a hundred percent classic English dish. One hundred percent. It should be in a book. Nigella yeah. should cook it and do her own version in the microwave. <laughs> <laughs> Goodness me! Well, I think that's it for Claire. I think we've we've covered. I mean, she's you know we've she's doing a lot. She's busy, booked and busy. Mm. Brad, what is happening in the steps world? Because there is a few things going on. Yes. Well, look, the the main thing, and by the time this goes out, it will already have happened. But Brighton Pride is on the sixth of August. They've told us that there's a surprise. Do we want to predict? They're going to perform hard to forget. It could be. It actually could be. They could be doing a, a couple of songs they've not performed before. I can't wait for any visuals and stuff on the socials to come through. I can't wait to see it. It's their only UK performance this year, so I'm here for it. Their only performance this year? Well, that's another... Is that... They, there's been no rumours or rumblings, but... It's their only UK performance this year, Bradley, because we're going to continue to manifest that they're coming down under. Yes. Uh, summer camp, maybe. Summer camp. Maybe. Who knows? More to be announced. Yeah, I, think, I think we're going to have to really heavily manifest that. I don't think it's going to happen. But, you know, 
we can pray. But there's one thing we can manifest that I think, I mean, again, just a gut feeling in my waters. Step 125 vinyl, maybe. Mm. Let's keep manifesting. And as we get closer to that date, like we're in August now, so we continue to manifest step 125. But I have, I don't know, I think we've got in October, the National Album Day coming out in the UK and it's the 90s theme, why don't they do it with that? If they haven't already thought about it, and maybe like they should be doing it with that, is what I think anyway. It would definitely make the most sense, but again, with these things, hopefully it's already been planned because there's yeah. such a like a seven-month like gap of like organising vinyl, I think, these days. But hopefully we do get it. I still feel like we if it doesn't maybe happen in the, in the next few months, maybe at some point, I just, I really hope that... That, vi- that album on vinyl would just be amazing. But look, either way, we are going. We've already got an amazing episode planned for it. Like we're so excited to celebrate it, regardless. I only have one condition: if we're getting a vinyl, then track seven has to be on both sides, baby. <laughs> like an interlude. Yes. Oh my god! There's the soundbite for the episode. <laughs> track seven on both sides, baby. <laughs> That's so good. Well, that's what's going on in Stepsland, but let's talk about today's episode. Our last episode was our fastest downloaded yet, and we love doing it. So while we anticipate some exciting releases and anniversaries that we just touched on, we thought we'd do part two. As we say every episode, we are the original Steps podcast for discussing and dissecting the legacy of Steps. And again, this is what this episode is about. It's an open discussion where we take each album and discuss a song we think should have been a single and delve deep into their discography. So I'm going to kick it off with you, Brad. You can talk about... Tears on the dance floor. Go ahead. Yes. So I kind of had slightly ulterior motives with this one. I'm taking this to the next level. Oh. And you guys need to indulge me because this is my safe space and I'm living my steps to see. Steps fantasy. Well, you've just come out as bisexual in this episode. So it's the same. I'm clarosexual. <laughs> clarosexual. <laughs> so tears on the dance floor. Mm-hmm. I'm not just like, you know, picking a song that should have been a single. I'm rethinking the whole era. I am going back to 2002. I'm changing the rule books. They never split. Oh, wow. This is the start of the post-gold era. And I've rethought about, okay, what would my single run have been? So you have to start off, Scare of the Dark, perfect comeback single, perfect album launch. Yep. Mm-hmm. Second single is actually going to be Happy. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm few months later, it's a different sound for the band. So I'm also using the same timeline as the first album. So November 2002, Scare of the Dark. Big comeback song for Christmas. April 20, 2003, happy. A little bit darker as we head towards summer. Okay? Stay with me here. <laughs> I'm, I'm with you. I'm here. <laughs> I'm darker in towards summer. That's interesting. It's April. So that's when they did Deeper Shade of Blue. It's a little bit darker. It's a little bit edgy. It's a little bit, you know, okay. it's a little bit darker. Okay, August. The album still has not come out. The August, you need to, you know, bring it up again. Make it a little bit happier. Neon Blue to launch into the album. Oh, yeah. Third single. September Sun, B-side, you know. In September? Maybe. Well, can you have September Sun in August? No. (laughs) End of September? The end of September Sun. (laughs) (laughs) Neon Blue, single three. Into the album, Tears on the Dance Floor in September. And then Christmas has to be a Christmas single, Story of a Heart. Mm -hmm. Double A-side. With Dancing with a Broken Heart, Double Heart, Two Hearts for the Price of One. 
Oh, wow. Okay. Going in on a theme. Story of a dancing broken heart. That's what mm. it, that would be. Is what that single would be. You then I've got my Better Best Forgotten. This is a long campaign, doll. We're up to like, what single's this now? <laughs> like six. This is, no, this is following the same timeline as step one. So I've been very. Yeah, it feels long. <laughs> <laughs> there are enough songs. Then one last single. Let me, the end of my fantasy. February 2000 and whatever year this is now, 2004, last single. No, we'd be in 2005. Didn't you say 2003 was when this campaign started in November? No, starts November 2002 because they've had a, they've had the six-month break. Oh, okay. Get you. Mm. You know, they've all had their moment off. They've come back together as a group. And then, so now we're in February 2004 and they're ending the campaign with some locals. No more tears on the dance floor. Fan favourite. So that, that that is my singles run. You know, that's a really interesting way to look at it. I just wonder if the songs that you have suggested and that we we got in 2017 would work in 2003, 2004, or would they be ahead of their time? I didn't um, consider that bit. <laughs> yeah, and also and also um, Delta wouldn't have written "Dancing with a Broken Heart" for another ten years because she. She had to. She had, She hadn't dated and broken up with Brian McFadden yet to, to to write about it. No, but she had dated and broken up with Blair from Big Brother. So maybe you know we don't know that Dancing with a Broken Heart it was about Brian. No, I, I think she said it was about him. It's very obvious. She, yeah, it was about Mark Philippouses. No, that was out of the blue. That was about him. Anyway, this isn't the Delta podcast, but I'm. <laughs> can maybe a bonus episode. <laughs> that's that's Scott's next po- podcast. <laughs> I like the way you're thinking. I like the way you're thinking. I've taken a, a couple of little notes. For me, I was taking an assumption that the group's assessment before you threw the curveball <laughs> and went down the Alice in Wonderland rabbit hole, I was taking a group bet on myself that the group would either say um, happy or no more tears on the dance floor. Yeah. For me personally, um, the singles that could have been or should have been would be happy or glittering gold. Ooh. The title <laughs> track of this podcast and the inspiration for the name of this podcast. Cause I think they both work as a fantastic single for an addition and to be honest, I think they also could have replaced a song that was released. No offense, Dancing with a Broken Heart there, Scott. <gasps> no, 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 I agree. No, I agree with you and and I'm sure we'll get to we'll we'll get to that because obviously that's part of this campaign, but I I think I've said this before. I love Dancing with a Broken Heart. I love Delta's version and I love the crossover. I'm here for a crossover anytime with Delta, but it was a very odd choice. It was a very odd choice and it just it that their version does not fit if you look at their discography. It just like my feelings around hard to forget. I just don't think it fits. It, it's a bit of an odd one for me. But it's not to say it's not a good song because it is. Yeah, just seemed a bit of an odd choice. And the, and don't forget this era has two like it had the standard release and then the, the crying at the disco deluxe version, which is where Dancing with a Broken Heart was. So that's that's my thoughts on 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 it, Scott. You? Yeah. So definitely happy for me. Happy, I think when we did the top five episode, I said that Happy was one of the ones that was hovering around the top five, but I couldn't make a solid decision. Happy and You Make Me Whole are just absolute bangers and could have very easily been singles. I definitely would have replaced Happy with Dancing with a Broken Heart if we kind of had to remove one to replace. That's the one that I definitely would have chosen. We did a um, poll on 
Instagram stories, just put a little bit of a question in that there to get the listeners' feedback on what they believe should have been singles from the three albums we're going to talk about. And there was a lot of love for Happy, a lot of love for No More Tears on the Dance Floor, and a lot of people actually were saying September Sun, which was a, a little bit surprising, but the reaction was, yeah, we had quite a few responses for September Sun, which I found quite interesting, and Glitter of and Gold, of course. But I think when you listen to this album, it's so cohesive. I think this album is just as cohesive as Buzz, which I've mentioned before. I th- that's one of that's my favorite album from the first era. I think this is definitely the most. Not saying that the other two aren't, but I feel like out of these three, this is the most cohesive. They just got this album like so so right. The single yeah, campaign was really essentially did. flawless. That. It's a testament to the to the record that you could have then had another sort of three or four singles off it if you really wanted to because it was that strong. But I think every song worked for that moment. Scared of the Dark was the the perfect comeback single ever. Story of a Heart worked really well with the sentiment of it being written by the guys from ABBA. It had that like reflection sort of um, vibe going on. Neon Blue was really a, almost like a sister to Deeper Shade of Blue in a lot of ways. So I think up to that point, I got it so right. Again, as I said, Dancing with a Broken Heart, that's where it kind of went, oh, you know, there was definitely strong contenders on the standard album that they could have used, but I know that they wanted a new track to kind of push the deluxe album. But if we're going in a fantasy world, definitely Happy would have been my choice for the four single, replaced it with Dancing with a Broken Heart. Another thing to note about the Tears on the Dance Floor era is after Skate of the Dark, we actually had You Make Me Whole drop as an instant grab track as well. So not as an official single, but it was it was a track they did an instant grab for um, for people to listen to. I remember it just dropping one night when I was actually out on the road for work and I was like, oh, another one, you know? So, yeah. If we did have Happy as a single, what did the two of you imagine a video could have been? Dark and moody. Um, oh, again, it'd be sort of some type of like fight or relationship. There'd be like a vase thrown and smashed, and you know, maybe a, a someone catching someone cheating on them. That sort of vibes, I think. And it, ne- it necessarily wouldn't be Steps catching the Steps members cheating on them. It would be Steps narrating the song and there'd be other actors performing that out and Steps would be narrating the lines to that or something like that. Yeah, that's how I would see that. I get very much um, the reference I have in my head. And again, living my fantasy, leave me be. Will I Am and Britney scream and shout. I can see what you mean. It's that futuristic sort of vibes. Very, you know, kind of them on a conveyor belt. Maybe even like uh, Being Somebody by Liberty X. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I see yeah, what you mean. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. So if we're going to talk about maybe gl- glitter and gold as a um, as a potential single, what do we see as the as the um, obviously the color palette would be gold. Yeah. Right. And there'd have to be some type of glitter in there and some dance move. But what do we see as the film clip for that? You know, not not set in a nightclub because that was done for Neon Blue. But I'm actually imagining almost ice skating. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm just trying to think. I love that. I'm actually imagining black, like a black background with a lot of neon pops of color, and that th- like a 3D effect almost, or you know, them against back black backdrops with light projectors on them, yes, changing yep. color, that sort of vibe. Disco balls, like... I think of the Love You More medley, the video backdrop from the tour, where they're kind of entering the nightclub. It's like, you know, black background shots of their face, kind of very artistic. We all know they love a good, you know, studio set video these days. We're on a budget, honey. We're on a budget. They're not out in the field, smelling the sewerage, dancing in front of uh, sunflowers like they were for One for Sorrow. They're not in Cuba. Dancing in a pool in Speedos. Speaking of budget queens, for my idea for No More Tears on the Dance Floor, classic concert video. Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that performance was just everything. It was so camp and spectacular that you could just use the video footage with like clips of them from other performances in the tour, like Better the Devil You Know, basically. Exactly. And that would be great because then I would be in a Steps film clip as well as their concert tour, which would be awesome. Because you're not in enough. (laughs) (laughs) So I guess that we cover Tears on the Dance Floor. So maybe we'll move on to um, what the future holds. I'll say part one because it's not officially titled part one. I always say, I say part one. I do always say part one. But it's not officially titled Part One, but we'll just say What the Future Holds Part One. And, you know, we had the single release of What the Future Holds, and then that was followed up with Something in Your Eyes, and then it was fo- followed up with um, To the Beat of My Heart. And then we also had an instant grab track of Under My Skin come out as well. And Hold My Heart. And we also had another single release off that that actually leads into Part Two, which is um, Heartbreak in This City, but... We, we'll talk about that a bit more with part two because it's officially the single for part two, even though it is off part one. It's just the version without Michelle Visage. But for me, I think the group consensus for what the future hold is probably going to be the same. And it's also one that H has come out and said, um, and a few people on Instagram have said as well, is to the one. I think that's probably going to be the group consensus if we all to vote as a group. But for me personally... I would actually, and I think this is a nice dark turn, it gives me Take Me For A Ride dark vibes, is Father's Eyes. I think that would be an excellent single. It's that low mid-tempo. I love the playing around with the vocals of the uh, 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 vocals that they have there in there. And I just love that really slow, low-tempo beat. I just think it would be awesome. I imagine the film clip would be close-ups of their faces, almost... You could replicate Aberesque's sort of face um, turning, you know, like those famous Abba shots that they have. You could almost replicate that a little bit, but that would be a nod back to Abba, which Steps always like to do. Um, and it would be sort of like dark and almost black and white a little bit. And there'd be like the gazing eyes of some weird man just peering like a father or something. like. I don't know. That's just what I would imagine. Also, Father's Eyes, we should point out, is a cover as well, originally 
formed by Ask Embla. Now, is Ask Embla, that's a band, uh, I think that's Ina Roldson's band. And another Kylie connection, she co-wrote Padum Padum. <gasps> wow. Oh. We hear it and we know. There we go. Oh. Wow. Another continued Australian connection. <laughs> <laughs> that's a really... Bloody two are here already, boys. <laughs> Get that in. First. I'll go into my steps to see. Look, my steps to see isn't too far away from what actually happened. So, first single, What the Future Holds. Second single, Something in Your Eyes. Again, following Steptacular's, you know, lineup. So, July, October. Oh, wow. We're in for a journey. So, the third <laughs> single. So, this one, and I think the, the band would approve this choice. Third single, Double A Side, Under My Skin, The Slightest Touch. Yes, I'm bringing, I'm moving the slightest touch early. Oh, okay. But uh, just that three, that one, two, three knockout punch of future holds, something in your eyes, slightest touch into Christmas. That's like three number ones in a row in the year 2004. Time is no meaning in my steps to see. And then April <laughs> 2000, whatever year this is, uh, to the beat of my heart. So I guess if we were to answer the question more formally, I would bring in under my skin. And in the video would be, I guess, uh, I think it would be kind of here and now-ish in terms of like, they're all separated trying to get to each other. Obviously not in a maze again, but just like, they're all trying to, like lots of, you know, gazing shots of like, you know, not being able to reach each other. That's kind of my vision board aesthetic for it at least. Do you know what that that rem- that video reminds me of? As soon as you said it, I just thought of um, Holding On For You by Liberty X, that video. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Very similar vibe. Uh, yes, definitely. I'm liking this journey you're taking us on. And it also just makes me think, like, did, would these songs work in... Because this is like 2020. I know, this is my steps to see. No, I know, I know, no, no, no. It just makes me think about would they work in that time period. And also it makes me think, because some of this album was released in lockdown, it didn't get its full proper moment that, no. you know, some of the other albums have... Um, because like when you think of To the Beat of My Heart, for example, that was just, it's all, it was filmed at when they were in Blackpool doing, um, the Royal, what is it? The Royal Gala, Royal Variety Gala. They also filmed in the Blackpool closed arcade. Arcade. Yeah. 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 So, and it's just sort of almost like a lyric video. It doesn't have a dance to it, but it's an official single release. So it's interesting to go down that journey with you, Brad. Scott, what about you? Well, that, I was going to say, Brad, your journey's interesting because, um, M&EK who co-wrote the song would have been 10. So he was really smart at that time if he was writing those songs at 10. Same with Molly King. I mean, she would have been in high school writing such an iconic banger at that Prodigies. point. So Child they're just so ahead of their time. I think Sia would have been the right age though. I think Sia would have been maybe late teens, early 20s. Oh Sia yeah, she was She was, all, she was releasing music by then. She was releasing music in the 90s here. Like 
because controversially I prefer Sears early stuff from the 90s apart to compared to now, but that's another story. What, you don't pump titanium down at the gym? Oh. What about Chandelier? Those songs are just so overplayed that I just I find them <laughs> cringe to listen to. You both said something about To The Beat Of My Heart. It's really interesting. Again, when I did the um, answer, like the response thing on Instagram stories, a few people messaged that they thought To The Beat Of My Heart should have been a single, but it was a single. I, I look at it as a single. I'm just curious now, do you both look at it as a single or do you look at it not because to me it was it had a video of some sort and we know it had the video it had because of covid it was kind of performed on tour i in that it was an interlude yeah it was like a list on radio 2 it was an official single um i i saw it as a single i can see why people would think of it as an interlude single and that just harks back to what i said in regards to the fact that it didn't get a proper video or maybe it the, the release maybe didn't feel like a proper release because of covid um, because of the lockdown, and we were still in lockdown, so maybe people just thought it was, you know. But it was a proper single. It had had a digital EP, a digital remix EP. Um, it reached number thirty three on the UK singles downloads. I'm on team. It wasn't. A, it wasn't a single. That's my two cents. Why? Because okay, so it was. Re- it was quotation marks released the day of the album. Like it was just so in my view day but day before the day before yeah. the album so it was almost like a last minute instant grat track there were no performances the video was what it was I love the video I thought it was so cute oh sorry they did the one performance on radio too and it didn't I mean look not that every song has to get its moment on tour but maybe that would have you know really legitimized it as a single I don't know look in my head. I feel like it kind of goes future holds something in your eyes and then it moves on to heartbreak and that's its own, you know, thing. That's just me. I think, I think also these days with the way that music is released, songs are released, you know, sporadically or you might have one that's a major single push. Like Claire at the moment, great example, I Surrender comes out, then Summer Night City. Summer Night City, it's a single, but it's kind of not, but it is it, we don't know, like... The, the way that music's released these days, it's sort of hard to gauge what is and isn't singles anymore. Yeah. I mean, we could say that You Make Me Whole was a single because we got that and it had its own Correct. artwork cover if, from my memory and things like that. So it's sort of with the way that we music is released these days, it's kind of hard to completely confirm what is and isn't a single. I guess you can just, you know... Well, according according to this, um, when I look at the album for What the Future Holds, it goes singles from What the Future Holds, it goes What the Future Holds, 9th of September, Something in Your Eyes, 27th of October, To the Beat of My Heart, 16th of January. And the album for What the Future Holds came out the 27th of November. So it was definitely an instant grat. Like, same with Hold My Heart. That was, they were, you know, instant grats. So maybe, maybe it was released as an instant grab track initially, and then they were like, actually, let's make it an official single. And then they made an official single on the 16th of January, but just before the digital remix EP. Yeah. Either way, I love To The Beat Of My Heart. It's such a little bop. I still listen to it weekly. I listen to it at the gym. I mean, I love Molly King, Icon. I love her her version leaked actually last year, which Steps just really amped it up because her version was very, it's like tropical.
looking at the What the Future Holds single run, I think they got it pretty perfect, to be honest. What the Future Holds. Agreed. Banger. Something in your eyes. Oh, my goodness. Like, top tier. I think, did I say it was my number one or number two? Top. It was in my top three, top five. It's I'm fairly your, sure. It's your... It's not your number one. I think it's your number three. Banger. To the beat of my heart. Banger. Heartbreak in the city. Banger. But... If I could replace one song and put it in its place, I would take Heartbreak in the City away. I would replace it with To The One. As you know, that is my fifth best step song of all time. Go back and listen to our top five episode. And H has been a massive advocate for this song as well. I love the 80s vibe in this song. So I could just imagine such an 80s throwback with this video. But then what I would do is Heartbreak in the City, I would keep it. But when I think of Heartbreak in the City, I actually look at it as a part two single because it kind of, it was on the album, but the Marcel Visage version kind of launched part two and it's on part two. So I kind of see that as the lead single from that album. So I can replace that with To The One. That makes sense. Yeah. And again, a lot of love for To The One. A lot of love also wanted your opinion on... Come and dance with me. A lot of people responded with that one, including um, shout out to John Gray. He said, come and dance with me. It was Summer of Love part two for me. What frustrates me is when it gets to Lee's verse and it's dropped an octave. That sonically just didn't sit with me. I would have preferred like with, uh, there was a remix of To The Beat Of My Heart where you've just got Lee under the whole track. I'd much rather have that than just dropping an octave because I, I don't know. If, I know that, you know, they're trying really hard to, you know, make it more even. And Lee did like his vocals on the, what the future holds up album is really good. It's just that one song when it drops the octave, it just annoyed me. That's my only complaint. When what the future holds part one came out, it was a song that I listened to, but it's a song on the album that I've grown tired of quicker. If that makes sense. So it, it is now a song that I will sometimes skip. If I'm on, if I'm listening to the, when I'm listening to the album, I should say, yeah, that's just that's just me. You know, it's I don't know if I agree with it being Summer of Love Part Two. I can see why people would make that connection, but um, yeah, pleasant. Yeah, definitely, it came up a lot. Leo, shout out Leo. He said, "Come and dance with me." Lucas, we we love Lucas. He's a he's a big supporter. He said, "Come and dance with me" as well. Who else? David Chicago <laughs> said, come and dance with me. Wow. Hello again. There you so, go. A lot of love for come and dance with me out there. On the, t- on the next tour. Alrighty. Well, I guess we shall move on to What the Future Holds Part 2, which I think you both know what my answer is going to be on this one. I love Take Me For A Ride, but I truly, truly believe, and I will never, ever get over this, that the slightest touch 
wasn't the single that launched this album. It needed to have its moment. You could almost take the video concept for Take Me For A Ride and just put the slightest touch over it because the outfits were so... Because the photo shoot for the single cover of The Slightest Touch is from Take Me For A Ride and it just suits it so much. Those The 80s with the shoulder pads and you could have just switched almost. I love Take Me For A Ride and it's actually become one of my most played. It took a little while for me to warm up to it. I think the album version really brings it to life. I love that extended intro. But I really believe that you so you've had the heartbreak in the city. It did what it needed to do. You launch into the slightest touch as the big single with the video. And then if in a And for summer. And too, for because, summer. Because because Heartbreak in the City came out around my birthday early April and then you do the slightest touch around summer and it just would have gone off bangers. And and people when it did come out were playing it at Pride, at clubs and stuff like that. So yeah. Not in Melbourne. <laughs> we were still in lockdown. <laughs> no, not in Melbourne. We're in the middle of winter, but in the U- in the Northern Hemisphere they were. Yeah. So I would have gone the slightest touch and then as the album is coming out, I would have gone with Living in a Lie. Okay. Because, first of all, co-written by the same people who wrote Something in Your Eyes, old mate Thomas mm-hmm. G, who, you know, wrote Euphoria by Doreen and Claire Richards. <laughs> uh, Doreen. <laughs> it's so... Living in a Lie to me is like Something in Your Eyes Part 2. Yeah. And it's so upbeat and is way more of a reflection of what I think the part two album sounds like it's I've cause part two to me is a lot more upbeat, I would say. And it's, it just, I think it would have really helped to solidify what the album was and maybe given it a little bit more life. And can you just imagine a video for living in a lie? I'm, I'm almost seeing something in your eyes, part two, like just a lot of color and just a lot of neon and just yeah, I just in a in a perfect world I would have gone with that. If they had done like they did with Here and Now and You'll Be Sorry had a continuous film clip. That would have been fun, wouldn't it? Well, like something in your eyes, something in your eyes go, leads in like a then living in a line. Well, you know what? We're still waiting for part two of Dancing with a Broken Heart. So I mean they could have gone into that, you know. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> <laughs> Because this is the other thing where I have conflictions about this record because I also really love 100 Years of Winter and I know that it isn't, there's a lot of divide around that track. Some people love it, some people really don't love it. I really like that song and I really loved it as a single. I love the single edit. So I would have personally kept, I think... I would have I would have still kept 100 Years of Winter. I would have had that as a single. And then as the last single leading into the new year, I then would have gone with Wasted Tears. But Brad, after we recorded our top five episode, I'm pretty sold on it should have been the initial talk remix, should have been the single version.
which also seems to be again the sentiment there was a lot of love out there for wasted tears and a few people actually said the initial talk mix as well my influence so it's funny that you say that because in my notes here my notes for the group consensus in assessing this because we didn't discuss what our songs were prior to this recording um, was Wasted Tears Initial Talk Remix or Living a Lie um, would be potentially maybe our consensus. Me personally, my personal ones were A Million Years or Wasted Tears, the Initial Talk Remix. So of a similar ilk um, to what we've just discussed as well as what the responses were on Instagram from our listeners and our followers. I don't have anything to say, Scott, because what you just said is I agree with 100% completely. What do you envision for the video, both of you? For the Wasted Tears initial talk remix video. So, you, Shane, you said an ice skating rink before, but I can actually imagine like a roller rink. Yeah. Oh, actually, Disco Love by the Saturdays. Just take that concept and put it in Wasted Tears. You know the scene where they're in the roller rink? Yeah. 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 Just take that and do Wasted Tears. I want to see steps on rollerblades. 100%. That's what I want to see. Or like, you know, disco vibes. Yeah. I want to take that. And instead of Disco Love, which has a few different errors, I want A Public Affair by Jessica Simpson, which is all rollerblades. Yes. Wow. We'd need some celeb cameos, though, in it. If we're going to go full, like, A Public Affair, Jessica Simpson. Like, who would we have? You know, in that scene in the start. So you'd have, like, H could be, like, the taxi driver or something. And then he's, like, picking up... Some, some people and it's like some celebs. Who would the celebs be? Like, have to be like Huns. No, yeah, I want Billy, Tina Cousins. Oh, yeah, like some hark back to um, thank Abba for the music vibes. H picks up Tina Cousins and drops off at the club. I was going to say from <laughs> from a club gig at 2 a.m. Love <laughs> Tina, though. Shout out Tina. No shade. Love Tina. <laughs> well, I was going to say they pick up Tina and then H turns on the radio and her version of Deep Shade of Blue starts playing. Yes, yes. <laughs> oh, my God, yes. Oh, that would be amazing. <laughs> okay, I think it's my turn now. We have to take one more step into my fantasy. Oh, we're going, all right, we're going back on a journey. Here we go. We start again July. So instead of When I Said Goodbye, Summer of Love, the first single is Taping for a Ride Still. Again, you need that, the albums, this is not the album leading track. This is just first single setting the tone, you know. We're 2005 now, yeah? Yes, again, time has no meaning. Well, do you know what? Taking Me For A Ride could have happened in 2005 because it's a Topman Twig track. So, like, that's mm. that's very doable. And then second single is Heartbreak In The City, but it doesn't have Michelle Visage. Michelle Visage, great. 2005 wasn't necessarily her moment. It has Tina Cousins. Oh, my God. Heartbreak In The City featuring <laughs> Tina Cousins. I would love that. <laughs> It was around the time she was releasing like Pretty Young Thing, Wonderful, yeah, wonderful Life. life. Yep. Yeah. No, I've got two choices. Option one, and this is just, again, this is my fantasy. So, you know, just deal with it. Joe O'Mara. Oh, wow. Because I just want to clear a, a song with Claire and Joe. This was when Joe was launching a solo career. Yeah. Yep. A Steps Club 7 crossover. Yep. But alternatively, and I think this is A, more realistic and B, more of a moment... Heartbreak in the City featuring Diana Ross. I feel like Joe Amara is more realistic. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay, Diana no, no, Ross. no. Because this is right when she did When You Say You Love Me with Westlife. She was available. Oh, yeah, true. But do you know the first thing, the first thing that popped into my head when you said Diana Ross was H's line on Gogglebox last year was like, do you think 
she knows we murdered her song. <laughs> That's literally the thing that popped into my head. And then I think Claire or Faye goes, we didn't murder it. They didn't. <laughs> Wasn't it one of your top fives? Yeah, it's a great cover. Yeah, Chain Reaction. Yeah, it was one of my top fives, yeah. Another connection to Chain Reaction, which was written by the Bee Gees, which is, what is it, Shane? Oh, another continued Australian connection. <laughs> Bloody toy here already. Aren't they from New Zealand? <laughs> <laughs> no, doll. They're actually they lived in Brisbane for many years. <laughs> oh, they moved to Redcliffe, Queensland, but they were born in Manchester. So okay, we'll we'll take they were yeah. kind of Australian for a little bit, yeah. Do either of you have any buy-in for an alternative Heartbreak in the City duet partner? Heartbreak in the City featuring Victoria Beckham. <laughs> oh <laughs> iconic. That video could have been like a part two to out of your mind. Or even a part two to Let Your Head Go or something like that. Yeah, it would be amazing. Let Your Head Go, Heartbreak in the City. I think I'd prefer Jerry. Well, you would because you're about to do a four-minute bloody talk on her. So (laughs) I just think she'd be more up for it. She doesn't mind a bit of camp. Heartbreak in the City featuring Jerry Halliwell. Hmm. Okay. You know, they bonded when they were in Oman together. And, you know, they just kept in touch, pen pals. I love the Tina Cousins idea, actually. If we're going 2005, <laughs> but if we're if we're talking like in the in the now, whatever your fantasy is, your Scots to see, Billy Piper. <laughs> oh, in the now. in your Shane story, in the here and Ooh, now. I mean, we could we, oh, look. I'm, I'm I'd love to do a pie in the sky, heartbreak in the city, feature heartbreak in this city, featuring Kylie Minogue. Oh, that would be absolutely epic, and the right vocal range for her too. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And they have the same MD, Mr. Steve they Anderson. They do. Shout out to Steve Anderson. We love you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that would be epic. And it was around the time of like coming off the back of fever um, and body language was not far from coming out. And, you know, it would be a hark back to Better the Devil You Know that, that they covered. It would work. Mm. And another continued Australian connection. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say... Heartbreak in the City, Steps featuring Jesse Ware. Oh, yeah, that's, yeah. Can you imagine? I actually, I mean, they're on the same management, Fascination. Yeah, they are. I'm, I'm expect, I would love a Steps, Jesse Ware crossover. Like, imagine, I mean, just imagine Steps doing Freak, Freak Me Now. Can you imagine? With Jesse Ware. Hang on, I'm just going to throw a spanner in the works. Heartbreak in this city, the Calvin Harris remix featuring Dua Lipa. That <laughs> I don't. That would yeah. go off. It's not going to happen. Don't know if they've got the budget for that, but <laughs> they have the budget for it, Scott, because we've bought every fucking version of their album forever. <laughs> True. So they have the budget for it. <laughs> got a box here of just the what the future holds versions right here. Yeah, seventy five versions of one album. That's right, I do. And when they finally release steps, step one on vinyl. Minimum three copies is, was my, my mantra with that. Minimum three copies. Anyway. Ending my eras. Um, so, yeah, it's the way you make me feel. It's replaced with 100 Years of Winter, obviously, going into winter. And then the here and now you'll be sorry of it all is uh, Wasted Tears Initial Talk Remix. So I don't really have a song I would replace as a single because I basically used all of them. But I would definitely add in Wasted Tears. Again, if it had had more of a moment with Not With COVID and all that kind of stuff, I would have loved to have seen that been released. Given a video, I think, you know, I think we've had a lot of feedback actually after I talked about it, talked about it in the top five episode that it was an underrated gem. Now, boys, 
Before we finish up this episode, Brad, I wanted to throw a little spanner in the works here. And I wanted to ask you a question. Ah. So I know that we've only been talking about these three albums, Tears on the Dance Floor, What the Future Holds, What the Future Holds Part 2. However, I wanted to talk about the Platinum Collection just really, really quickly. And I wanted to ask you a question. You, we, it's a running joke between, between us around hard to forget and how much you love it. And I want a preference. I also like the song. I don't hate the song. I just don't feel like it was for steps. It just didn't feel like it fit. There was something about it. I just didn't, didn't, didn't feel like it was the right. It doesn't sit well in their discography for me personally. I love the Vincent version. I, I, I think it's an incredible, and you know what? And maybe part of why I've never been able to resonate with the Steps version is because I listened to the Vincent version for so long before I listened to the Steps version. So maybe I was so used to the original. I have the opinion that the runner should have been the lead single on the Platinum Collection purely because it's more of what Steps are about. It's high energy, it's 80s, it's camp, it's a bit disco, it's a, you know, it's a cover. It just, it's bonkers. Like the production is just like loud and I love it. It's such a banger. And I just feel like if we were celebrating 25 years of what the group are about, out of those two songs, that song personally for me just feels like it was the better choice. Yeah, it encapsulates them a bit more. Yeah, yeah very chain mm. reaction vibes, very slightest touch. Like it just yeah. sits better. Brad, I want you to sell me hard to forget. <laughs> I want you. So actually, no, I want to know. Okay, it's a year later. Hard to forget. It's a year since that's come out. I want to know from you. Do you still feel that hard to forget was the right choice to be a single? And if so, why? Like, why do you, what is it about that song that you just love? Like, just, just sell it to me. Wow. The episode's taken a turn. <laughs> Look, I threw a curveball with the Stepsacy. So I deserve, I guess I, you know, deserve it. Take us into your hard to forget Stepsacy, Brad. Go on. I think that song, I think it's, it's a push for steps into the future. I think what I liked about that is that you still have the drama, you still have the emotion. I think there are strings I can't remember off the top of my head. You got the key change, but yet it also pushes their sound forward. And I think with any greatest hits, I think you can't just re- rely on nostalgia. I know that you know they did they did it very well with Chain Reaction, and the runner does fulfill that. But I think with you know the Platinum Connection collection, they needed to get the audience excited about the the future as well you can't just be thinking thinking about oh it's just another cover i feel like that would have put a, too much of a negative you know spin on them as being a covers act whereas with the new song that was i know that hard to forget is a cover but it's not a well-known cover in the same way that the runner the runner is and look i can't change your mind in terms of the song quality itself and i'm guilty of it too in terms of you know hard to forget is the vincent version was basically my top listened to song 2020 and 21. So like I've been like, no, yeah. Like I've been like hammering that song for like years at that point when I got the steps version. And I think there are elements in um, the chorus that I think Vincent's version does do better just in terms of some of the melodies that he has. And I've called this up before. There is an online mashup of both versions that I think capsulates it beautifully. 
And look, I think there are things missing from Vincent's version as well. I think that there is the perfect song is in between the both of them. I think it was always going to be hard to live up to what I had expected. And I think some fans have said this as well on Pop Justice and all the forums that, you know, it was a great song and maybe it was too modern for them. But I think it's the vibe of where I think in terms of like future albums and whatever, I think if you went down fully the runner direction, then it would be, you know, they'd probably the next album would be like Euphoria. It would be just all covers Whereas by going down Hard to Forget, they're keeping the door open for new original songs and a new direction. I know I'm not going to change your mind. I'm not going to sell it, but... It's funny when you say about the, when you say about the new direction, when you look at both of those songs, it's actually, it's actually one foot in the past, one foot, one foot in the future. Exactly. Right? So the runner harks back to the past and Hard to Forget looks forward to the future. And that's what the Platinum Collection is. It's a collection of that. So it's a representation. So the two new songs represent that. With that song being the lead single, it points them forward. And it's funny that when Scott was asking, when Scott was talking about Hard to Forget and asking you to sell it, one of the first thoughts I had was the same thought that you had was like, well, it's a newer song. It's pointing the, it's pointing the band forward. Um, yeah. It's, it's it's quite a good analysis. I like it. I don't think there's going to be, like, I don't think they're going to follow that path completely. I think, Scott, people were aligned to what you said in terms of maybe not quite, but it still points them, um, maybe instead of going north, they're going to go northeast. You know, it's still, you know, maybe it's going to be more what the future holds. I think they're going to go more 80s if we're talking about the future. I think the band loved to the one... They loved, you know, those 80s throwbacks. It's also the sound of now as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I can yeah, see you so going down an 80s disco route. I know that's not the question, but I think that's where the band is headed. And I'm looking forward to what that may be. Brad, throw away your Spice Girls ginger spice speech and just, just do that talk again too. <laughs> that'll that'll get you uh, some round of applause. Oh, thank you, boys. I think it's worth noting that the Platinum Collection with the release of Hard to Forget, points the band in that direction. But so have the preceding albums before it, What the Future Holds, What the Future Holds Part 2, the band is headed, and Tears on the Dance Floor as well, have headed in that direction. This is just that that final stamp on the collection to move forward on that as well. So um, they're, they're going that way. It's They're not going to... We will have a couple of songs that hark back to you know, the past, like Something in Your Eyes, which is a song that was released 10 years ago, but sounds like it could have been released in 1998. Um, we will have that sound because that's the step sound and that we know, but it will just be of the now. So, yeah. Brad, I loved I, I loved that sales speech. And you know what? When you say what you just said in the way you said it, it definitely makes me rethink about the whole era another thing i think that would help have sell it to maybe you and i scott and maybe more of the fans is if there was more 
visuals and promo with it. It was just they, we only got the the single and the film clip, and that was it. We didn't get any live performances. We got nothing on TV. There was nothing. There was no sort of further promo added onto it. And had we had a bit more of that, um, I would have loved to have seen some like dance number or you know them performing the dance routine, which is you know it's just them something doing this or whatever they're doing. I do really like the video. I will give that. I know that it didn't have a routine, but I liked it. I, th- I felt like it captured the vibe of, you know, the end of a night out, you're feeling maybe you didn't hook up with the guy you wanted to on the dance floor. You're with your mates having a kebab. I thought it was very well done. I loved the charity case appearance. I loved just the vibe of it. Heartbreak in the city featuring charity case. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like looking I was like, what, the hell is charity, what charity did they? I was like, they did something for charity with it. <laughs> no, no. Oh, God, sorry. To sorry, audience. God is a bad guy yeah, and doesn't, um, doesn't follow RuPaul's Drag Race UK or any, or of, the any of the RuPaul's Drag Race queens. I'm sorry. So, yeah. uh, don't, don't hate me. I, yeah, I, I literally thought you were like, what, chari- <laughs> what charity did they do? <laughs> oh, bad guy. Well, I think... That is the end of the episode. Bradley, thank you for your TED Talk. Really appreciate it. Colin, I've got another 20 minutes about Light Up the World. Are we not going to do that? Are we, are we saving that? No, I feel like that <laughs> needs its own moment. Maybe around Christmas time. We might do a little, little yeah. Christmas special. I'll be aware of that episode. Anyway. <laughs> Shane left the call. It's a pleasant album. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Don't forget to follow us on all the social platforms, Instagram, TikTok, Threads, Twitter, X, or whatever the hell it's called this week, at Glitter Steps Pod. You can follow myself at Steps Collection underscore on Instagram. Shane, where can people find you? Uh, people can find me at Stepmeister on Instagram, at Stepmeister OZ on Twitter or X, and I'm on TikTok now. Um, so I'm Stepmeister OZ on TikTok as well. So I'm still getting used to how to use it. I feel so old. But you can find me there if you want to follow me. And the listeners can find me at Brad Schmeling on Instagram or the corner of Peel and Wellington at, you know, 3am on a Saturday night. (laughs) Corner of Peel and Wellington. And don't forget to give us five stars on Apple Podcasts or a star rating on Spotify. And until next time, we will see you all soon. Bye. Bye. See ya. And now it's too late.